Join Ian Garvey as we uncover the hidden marketing stories that shape our world. Reveal the latest marketing tactics that will shape the future and the amazing people that grow organizations, movements, and businesses. Learn to grow your business and shape the world around you. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show with Ian Garlic. And yes, it's Ian, not Ian. That's marketing too. All right, we've got an amazing Garlic Marketing Show, a little bit different. We're going to talk about investing, building deal flow through marketing to help support your lifestyle, help support your business. I've got Eric Van Horn. Eric, thanks so much for being on. Thanks, man. And, you know, we're going to talk all about his investing secrets, how he scaled franchises, how he chooses partners, how he uses deal flow to raise his hourly rate, change his life, and how he would have collapsed time to get here faster and all the ways that he's, you know, the three levers that allowed him to grow this fast. All this is coming up, but first, of course, this is brought to you by videocasestory.com. One of the best ways to create amazing content is through your client stories, through your customer stories. Go to videocasestory.com, learn how we collect, craft, and deliver those for you at the right time in the right place. All right, let's get started. Before we get into like building up deal flow, which is really cool, how did you get to this point where you were building up deal flow with investing. Tell us a little bit about your story. How far back do we want to go? Uh, dinosaurs. Cool. <laughs> the earth, the earth cooled and dinosaurs came and then, then we made oil. <laughs> and that's where it started for me right after the earth cooled. I, uh, I was ready to go to law school. I was a straight C student. And so that was not going to end well. Bought a truck, bought a lawnmower, ended up mowing a lawn for a lady, ended up buying her house with no money down because I didn't have any money. Turned that into about $20,000 in about 30 days with an investor and rolled that into my first franchise brand when, my, when I was in my early 20s. And then took that brand to 42 locations in Austin, Texas over nine years, sold that, and then over the next eight or nine years, I bought uh, seven other brands and did it through partnerships and had some really good exits and some failures along the way and eventually got into more passive investing and, and deal flow in the franchising world um, as a franchisor, as a multi-brand franchisee, and then just, you know, all kinds of other businesses. So that's the quick story after the, uh, the earth cooled. <laughs> the earth cooled dinosaurs came they became oil and then eric had a <laughs> eric had a franchise yep. so uh, you know <laughs> you, you said something interesting and our good friend tony grabmeyer who introduced us talks about you know stories of success and failure and i always like to know about those failures because i think we learned so much more from the failures i was just thinking about it because i had you know we had a lot of success recently with a, a webinar and that actually led to failure because we had too much success in the first one. Um, so wh what were the big failures that you had at that time and what'd you learn from them? Well, I was on the John Lee Dumas podcast about uh, 10 years ago. He's like, what was your biggest failure? Cause he has like specific questions and I didn't have a really big one. So I knew one was coming. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, 
Yeah. I got overconfident in my ability to just buy a franchise, buy a business or start a business, and it would be just as good as the last ones. So I got into some brands that I thought were just plug and play. I thought, you know, the things that I didn't like about one thing were things that were opposite in the new brand that I was getting ready to go into. What I didn't anticipate is like market conditions. I didn't anticipate, you know, a founder uh, not being like the other founders. I just didn't anticipate a lot. I thought everything would be the same. And I was just overconfident in my own abilities. And it turned into, you know, having some failures in some franchise brands that I was, that I was part of. Um, I didn't lose massive amounts of money, but I certainly lost, uh, lost some, uh, some good, uh, you know, probably half a million dollars. Um, and, uh, and it was really because I didn't take the time to vet things out the way that I knew I should and could have. Uh, so that was, uh, I've learned failures in, in partnerships, man, partnerships. I've had some amazing partners and I've had some that were not so amazing. And one of the things there is, uh, you know, if uh, want to be their friends, want to be able to, you know, go have a beer with them or go on vacation with them, you know, all of those types of things. But in a partnership, I had partners that didn't view the partnership as an entity and being like advised, they, they didn't think of that entity as like, let's do what's best for the agents, uh, the entity. They were thinking, I want to do what's best for me as, uh, as my 20% partner, 30% partner in this particular entity. So I've had, those are probably my bigger failures monetarily and then just relationally with picking the wrong partners. Nice. I mean, I mean not nice, but it's it's interesting to think that <laughs> uh but you know it's it's good advice and how do you pick the right partners you know and i was just talking to one of my mastermind groups about this they were asking about partners and finding really good people to be on the on their team and they were thinking i need to go outside my relationships to go find people and i like to find people inside my relationship inside like my network. Um, and I want to expand my network to make my network bigger versus trying to go outside of my network. So I'm really big on, you know, wanting to have a wider network, different network, like inside of franchising, outside of franchising, investing, whatever it is to be able to cast that wider net, to be able to get the answers or to find the who's that I need in my business to be able to, uh, accomplish what I want to accomplish. So really the main thing is just sticking more inside to my network with people that I know and I trust them. And that's a huge thing for me. And then just setting expectations from the very beginning, like play through some different scenarios with them. Um, and, uh, and then just really just take some time and don't jump into it too soon. So, and I'm dealing with some stuff right now, looking at a new, going into a new group with some, some people, but I've known them for 15 years and I know, and they've been partners for 20 years themselves. So I like it when people are used to being partners already, because if you get somebody that's never been a partner and they've been successful, that, that they've never been a partner, that's a, not a red flag, but that's a warning sign. But if somebody has been in partnership groups and they've maintained those partnership groups, that's always a really good sign to me. Interesting. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. Makes a whole lot of sense because if you've, ne yeah, if you've never been married, 
you know, and and gone 50 years just serial dating, well, <laughs> it's going to be tough to be married. <laughs> um, 100%. Uh, yeah. So, you know, you you found these partners. What At what point did you start to realize that, hey, I need more deal flow and I need to like be looking at more deals? I wanted more deal flow to be able to work on the things that I found enjoyable in my business. So the highest and best use of my time, but the things that were uh, extremely fun for me. And a lot of that is strategy. Like I can look at a franchise, I can look at a company and know what levers to pull, what connections to make, to have an impact on that business for enterprise value or cash flow or whatever it is. And I started to talk about that. I just, I, you know, on my podcast, I was talking about it and my franchise secrets, Facebook group, I was talking about it. And it's, you know, over, uh, about six months, people started to reach out to me and say, I'm interested in you helping me with my company. And, and then fast forward six months, uh, from there, I have four different franchise brands that I have equity in some way or another, whether it's, it's profit sharing or actual equity on the operating agreement or whatever makes the most sense for that particular deal. Um, I'm involved with that and the percentages vary from a little bit to a lot. And, uh, and so I just started to put out that type of content and talk about it. And it's amazing the deal flow that started to come in. So now I have more deal flow of people that want me involved in their business some way or the other. And then even just from a consulting standpoint, people want my help and the price tag keeps going up and up and up. And it's really amazing to see people, they just start paying more and more and more. And I've heard really smart people like Tony, like Roland Frazier, talk about this kind of thing. But it, you know, it's absolutely coming, coming true for me because you know, out there, put myself out there and marketing it. And what do you feel is the key? I mean, cause a lot of people put out content and a lot of people do that and they don't get any success. What was, what do you think were the things that you did different to start getting that deal flow? Well, there's a company called dirty dough uh, cookies and they were so content, Facebook in person, people just knew what I was doing. Cause I would talk about it. So Dirty Doe, the founder of that, Bennett Maxwell said, I put a post out there on social and I didn't know Bennett from anybody. So he had a post out there on social that says, I want to connect with really smart franchise people. And so somebody uh, said, hey, you need to connect with Eric Van Horn. They tagged me in that Facebook post. He reached out, we connected. And I thought that's interesting because I knew how successful their, their competitor was, which was Crumble. And so we had a conversation and most brands like that, they're, they're just going to grow at a really slow clip and the founder is going to try to do everything. But I got on the phone with him and he said, Eric, I, 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 uh, I have a Jill who is a founder of Maui Wowie leading the ship here. I have this, this advisor and that advisor, and I'm bringing on really smart people to help in these different areas. And I thought, man, this is a brand that I'd like to get involved with. And so we set up another call with Jill and some of the other people there and to talk about getting equity in the company to advise. And on that call was, uh, was one of their uh, executives and he, we got on the call on Zoom and he's like, Eric Van Horn, I was just listening to your podcast. I love listening to your podcast. And so like years of having a podcast out there, Ian, this guy helped me close the deal because he was a big fan of the podcast. And then, um, and then uh, we get on the phone later, uh, a couple of weeks later to kind of uh, talk about what the deal structure looks like. And he's like, Eric, 
I talked to so-and-so that's a big baller in, in Salt Lake City, asked if he knew who you were. He's like, oh yeah, I know Eric. And then, and we knew each other through a mastermind called 100M. And then he said, and I asked somebody else in the franchising world that's super connected, did they know you? And they're like, of course I know Eric. So I'm out there in all of these different channels, right? From the podcast, having a solid podcast, having a Facebook group, having just putting out content, but I'm talking about this stuff, asking good questions and getting engagement on this stuff, not just saying, hey, I'm, a, I'm, buying, I'm getting equity in companies. I am like engaging people with it. So everybody knew Eric's the franchise guy and he also is an advisor to franchisors. And that's how that all kind of got started. Nice, nice. And like, what type of content are you putting out? What, what type of content you and how are you adapting it to make sure that you're speaking to these people? So we have the podcast, which, you know, you know, podcasts are amazing. So the podcast, I've leveled up my guests on there. I get guests on there that that have a big name or they have a big audience that I want to get in front of. Or they're, um, you know, they're people just with super interesting, helpful uh, information. They might not have a big name. So I've just leveled up the guests that I have on there. And I say no to so many, so many different people that want to get on. So I, and I talk about different things on the podcast from franchising to investing and, and whatnot, but I'm really, uh, my audience is our franchisees and franchisors and franchise buyers. Sometimes I wish it was broader, but that's who it is. And so I've kind of dominate that space in franchising. So the content is all kind of ties back to franchising, but like franchisees, like I had Robert Kiyosaki on my podcast. And so I'll tie, I'll drop Robert's name because Robert has a cash flow quadrant. He goes from, you know, from employee to, to a uh, business owner to, you know, to ultimately to becoming an investor. So I'll tie those things together because the ultimate goal is to be an investor. And if I'm wanting to get more people into my investing mastermind, I drip out that kind of content and I talk about it. And I talk about the things that I'm learning, um, or I have an amazing guest on, or we talk about something really cool in my mastermind. Well, here's another example of that. I was in Austin, Texas, uh, last week. Um, two weeks ago and Ty Lopez happened to be there and I was flying in that day and someone said, Hey, Ty's in town. Um, and I do some investments with him and his group and, and uh, my contact there said, Hey, you want to come to dinner with Ty and me and a handful of other people? I ended up doing that. I posted something about it that it was really chill. Like, Hey, great time. And I didn't even put his name in at that time, but people saw the picture and they're like, what are you doing with Ty? And then the next day, my friend Justin Donald did a podcast with him and it was me and Justin in the room and we did all kinds of stuff and, and I helped with that podcast. And then after, then I had a meeting with Ty after that and Ty's like, hey man, I wanna come to South Dakota and meet some of the cool people that you know out there. I'm like, here's Ty Lopez, big, big influencer, big into investing, doing cool things, coming to South Dakota. So I put out there like, hey, anybody interested in coming to a small meeting uh, with me and Ty Lopez in, in Spearfish, South Dakota. And people are like, how did you get that? Where did you even, you know, how was that even possible? And so, you know, I just, and I didn't do any of this, Ian, to try to get Ty to do anything or just insert big name guests or influencer in whatever. I just built that relationship and I was offering value 
And, you know, and Ty's like, Hey, what's your cell phone number? Let's get connected. And, and so I just do things that have like genuinely trying to help people and, and then just genuine curiosity to learn. And then if I can make a connection, which you're a master of, but making connection. And I did that with Ty and somebody and it was really helpful. And then Ty's like, Hey, how can I help you? And dude, just even today, before he got on this podcast, um, Ty's like, Hey, Eric, can I come into your mastermind and then just like deliver some value into your mastermind? How does Tuesday work? So he's coming into the mastermind just to talk for an hour about investing. So it's things like that, that just, this just happened organically for me, but I just recognize like I'll drip out a picture of me and somebody important and I'm not making a big deal out of it. People that should recognize that do recognize it. And they also recognize that I'm not bragging about anything. And that's just, it's just all starting to, come together. Yeah. I think the key there too is you give without expecting, right? hundred percent. That's it. And yeah, I've been talking to more people about that and they're like, how do you do that? I'm like, what do you mean? How do I do that? You just give without expecting. And if you're, and how do you know that you're giving with expecting something you're thinking about something that you want to get out of the thing, you know? And then I think that's not genuine. No. And I feel like if, when you come with that, I mean, for me, anytime I go into something with the expectations is when I get nervous and when I feel like, oh, the, and the, but if you're like, I'm just going to help this person as much as possible and not really care what happens, that's, it becomes a lot easier. Oh, so much easier. It's fun. And oh, here's another story. Um, and again, as a mastermind that I was a part of, Dan Fleshman is, uh, is, uh, running that thing. And, uh, it was. I stopped going to the mastermind, still friends with him, not good friends, just, you know, we know each other. And I posted out on social again, just a post, Hey, here's a really cool deal. If anybody wants to get into this deal, we're opening it up beyond our mastermind. Dan sends me a DM. And then, um, then we end up talking later that day for an hour. He's like, Hey, I got a cool deal for your mastermind. So we do a deal in the mastermind that he had. And then he said, I want to talk to you about this franchise we're thinking about doing. And I said, let's do it. So three weeks later, after that conversation, having conversations with the founder of this particular food truck franchise, or it's going to be a franchise, Dan's like, hey, we can't get you in, in to, with equity right now because we've got the advisor already have their equity, but I want you in. So I'll give you this much of my own equity. So he gave up his own equity to me, which was worth a significant amount of money gave it up to me, redid the operating agreements. So I'm on the operating agreements with equity vests immediately. And I said, what do you want for that? Like, what do you want me to do? You want me to do all this kind of work? He's like, Eric, I want your connections, directions and, and contacts. And I'm like, that's easy, but that's what Dan preaches. That's what Dan talks about. And then I got to see it firsthand with me. So that's just a relationship that was, I never tried to get close to Dan. I was just always around and, you know, he spoke to my mastermind. I was always grateful for it. But then he saw, knew me as the franchise guy because I stuck out in this world of influencers and I was just the franchise guy. But when he needed the guy that was just the franchise guy, I got the call. Nice. And so, you know, I mean, you've got this amazing deal flow now. And you're saying before, I mean, you've got more deals than you know how to you know what to do with them. How has that changed your life? I've been able to put more of a value on my time. Like my, 
hourly rate has gone up if you're just looking at things at an hourly rate. So I've really kind of prioritized my time and what I want to get involved with, what I don't. And it's not just about getting involved with a deal or getting involved with something that looks like it can really scale. I really want to be involved with founders that I, that I want to be involved with. And I want to be involved with brands that could really blow up fast and have a significant exit to private equity. And I can have a, a, a significant impact on myself with my connections, who I know and what I know. Um, it's just given me a lot more, I'm able to do like what, what it's changed. I'm able to do what I love. Like I, it's, it doesn't, it's like effortless work to me. When I was in Austin, I met with one of my brands that, that I'm involved with and I have a significant amount of equity in it. It was so much fun going there and doing that. And then doing this other stuff with Justin and Ty was just a side benefit from that. But it was like the most fun business trip that I've ever had because I was with friends. I was doing things that I love to do and I, and I want to do more of that. And then, um, and that like, just, I got more deal flow than I know what to do with. So I, some of that's a problem. So I'm needing to get other people to start vetting out other deals and I'm getting better and better at saying no to different things. Like I've had people that said, Eric, I really want you involved. And I just say no, um, because it just doesn't fit. So I'm getting a lot better at saying no, uh, to things that are going to steal my time or don't, or don't energize me and I'm getting uh, 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 better at uh, finding the deals that are going to have a significant impact financially and just uh, that I can have an impact on their stuff. That's great. I mean, that's an amazing result. You're doing what you love. You're making an impact and you're making money. Um, and, but, you know, going back to right after the dinosaurs came and you were speaking to Eric back then, uh, <laughs> do you think this is something you could have done back then or is it something that's only this this stage in your life i couldn't have done it back then like i didn't have in franchising i've been a franchisee now i've been a franchisor i've been partners in multiple businesses i know how to sell franchises to franchise buyers I know how to set up development teams to help franchisors get deal get to get leads and to actually sell those franchises and bring in really good franchise uh, franchisees. So I didn't have all that. I didn't have the investing experience. I didn't have the knowledge of, and I didn't have the confidence either because I didn't have the experience. So I don't think I could be doing doing that. Um, I think I could have collapsed some timeframes to be able to get here much faster than I did if I was to to tell myself what I should be doing, uh, what I could have done to collapse timeframes. I would have joined mastermind groups earlier. I would have started a podcast earlier. I would have um, uh, looked at how do I play a different game? You know, we, you know I, thought, I thought success, I thought the game I was playing was being a, a business owner. And I want to play a different game. I want to impact multiple businesses. I want to have multiple exits with big exits with different, with different brands where I'm not doing the work, where I can work with the founder, with the CEO versus doing all of that myself. So I'm playing a different game than, uh, than I was back then. And I'm thinking bigger and I'm, uh, that's what I would have, that's what I would have done differently. I love it. I love it. And you know, it, it's interesting to think that way because we get so narrow focused and, and it's what game you're playing too, right? And because it all is a game. It is a game and it's it's a shift in games because you know I think so many people are playing the scale game and trying to find one thing that scales. And our you know mutual friend Gino, I was talking to him too and he's like, you know, 
50% of the things you're doing are, are not going to work. And like 50% of the business lines and, 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 and like, you know, coming from him, who's a master of business and seen a hundred thousand businesses, it's an interesting thing to think of. Do you feel the same way? Like maybe people should stop focusing as much on scale and, and, and broaden like you're talking about. I've always been a big fan of that right or wrong. I've always been, uh, I, w I would exit companies probably too soon before they, before the peak. But other people look at that and be like, Eric, you've always been able to get out at really good times before things started to go south in different industries or whatever it is. So I've always liked getting in, getting an exit, uh, having a good exit, starting multiple things after that. So at one time I had three different franchise brands and, and I liked it. it, forced me to not work in the business. So um, I'm a big fan of that and even more so now being able to do all these different things, even with the masterminds that I have. Like I've got the franchisee mastermind that gives me influence in the franchisee world. I've got the franchisor mastermind that gives me influence with franchisors. And then I've got the investing mastermind and they all kind of work together. I've been able to get equity and brands because of my influence in the franchisee world. Like I have texts happening right now on my computer as we're talking of a podcast that I did yesterday with one of my portfolio brands. They're like, Eric, great podcast. I want to talk to them. So that's because of my influence in the franchisee world. And that's one of the reasons they wanted me. Another one is my influence in the franchisor world. I'm getting ready to do a deal with another group th that works with a lot of franchisors because I have, I've got a lot of deal flow coming in with franchisors. Um, because they want my help. They want my influence that I have with franchisees, but they also need other things. And now I can partner with this other group and get equity with them where they want my influence with both franchisees and franchisors. And then where it all fits together is in the investing mastermind. Now I've got a group of, of investors that want deal flow and I can bring deal flow to them. I can have a, a brand that's getting ready to grow. They need capital. I can raise that capital with my investors and they can participate in that. So it's really, that's what I mean. It's a different game. If I did, if I only had one of those, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing. So having all three of those makes it really easy for me to be able to do what I'm doing. As a matter of fact, one of the guys in the franchise, in the tribe of investor mastermind, he sent me a message yesterday. He's like, Eric, you got to talk to my friend that's doing this really cool franchise brand and he needs some help. So you should talk to him. That came from the tribe of investors, but it's still related back to franchising. So they all work together and I couldn't, I would have never been able to plan all this. Ian, like if you sat down with me and like, Eric, here's the master plan, I probably wouldn't have believed it. I probably wouldn't have been able to orchestrate it. So it's kind of happened all organically, but it really started to take shape, you know, many years ago when I jumped on my first Facebook live and took the plunge into actually producing content and getting comfortable in front of the camera, doing the podcast and just putting myself out there on social as well. At first, my wife is like, I don't want you out there on social. I don't want our kids' faces out there on social. I want to have a private, quiet life. And, um, and so, but, you know, she let me do it. And, um, and it's been good ever since. So, yeah, I love that. You know, coming back to the passive investing or the investing part of it, because while it's a marketing show, I think that, you know, you're able to open up. I think this is an important thing. You're able to open up and you're able to give and you're not worrying about making the money. How important is that investing part to that? Because I, I, I feel like it's important to know that you have some money over here that, so you can take some risk over here in your business. 
Investing has been huge. And the way that we do it is I wish I would have been able to pay for this and, and have this many years ago. Here's how investing works in most places. People show you a deal and the people that are putting the deal together make a lot of money on the front end and a lot on the back end. So you never know why that deal's a good deal or not a good deal. What we've done is we say, you pay us to be a part of the mastermind, we will source a lot of amazing deals, but we don't make any money on these deals. We get offered to make money on these deals all the time, but we would rather get uh, uh, make a better deal for everybody that's in the mastermind to be able to give them an amazing, an amazing deal where we are aligned with them. We're giving them deals that we get into ourselves at the exact same term. So um, we like that type of alignment, but then there's so many different ways to save money in, in, on taxes and deal structure that most people, unless you're, you know, have access to family office type, type, uh, information, you don't have access to this, this type of, uh, this type of information. So we like, uh, so in my journey, I started a, a, quite a few years ago and I'm probably into 30 to 40 deals right now, active deals right now. Um, once you start getting into deal flow where you can get in, you get, you get interest or you get some, some cash flow out of a deal and then you're out of it in one, two, three years. And then you still have equity in a company. You still have, you can still participate in upside. Those are great things. So I love deals like that, where there's a lot of downside protection and you're in and out of the deal pretty fast. So you uh, eliminate a lot of risk that way. And then you get your money back and then you can redeploy that into more deals. And then it just, then you get addicted to investing. You don't want to buy a hundred thousand dollar car. You want to put a hundred thousand dollars into a deal to be making, you know, good cash flow on that and use that to buy a car or whatever. Right now, where do you see the, like if, if someone's listening to this and they're like, I, I'm excited about this, we'll put a link to all your, your groups in here and, and where to follow you and your investing mastermind. So if you folks are interested in this, definitely check it out. I mean, Eric, I know a lot of people have worked with Eric and love Eric. And that's how I ended up here. My good friend, Tony introduced us. So definitely legit, make sure to check it out. But if they're not going to join the group, where would you tell them right now to be looking in those just to get started? Yeah. So I would go to, I would get my friend and business partner, Justin Donald's book, lifestyle investor listen to his podcast, Lifestyle in, uh, Investor Podcast. It's a really good, it's a really good one. Um, you're getting uh, accurate information. And that's the, that, that's probably the, the biggest thing is where you're getting accurate information. So that's where I would start. And I would just start getting educated on different deals. Like look at some different deals and see, and see what they're like and, and start comparing deals yourself. I mean, where most people start is real estate syndications, apartment syndications. And, you know, and I'm a little hesitant on that right now, just because of where we are in the market, like venture capital right now, things have changed about three months ago, um, as interest rates started to shift. And I've talked to some really people, uh, really big people in the venture world. And they're like, shifts are happening. People aren't paying what they used to deal structures are changing. Uh, so just know if you're listening to somebody that says, I know the market's going to be, we're going into recession, or I know we're not going into recession. Like both of those things are really polarizing. The truth that might be one of those that might absolutely happen, or it might be somewhere in the middle. So if you know, listen to people that are kind of have a balanced approach to this stuff, because both Justin and I, we have really smart people that are worth an absolute ton of money, like billionaire status, 
that one of them's convinced we're headed into a recession, depression, stagflation. The other one's convinced like, there's no way the real estate market's gonna change because of all the dynamics that are happening. Both really smart people, both very focused on their, their one view of how things are gonna work out, but the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. So make sure you're listening to somebody that kind of shares both sides of what might happen and isn't so polarizing one way or the other. Nice, nice. And I'm, I'm gonna nail you down here. What's the one thing you would get into right now if you're like, I've got 10 grand and I'm getting started? Crypto. No. <laughs> <laughs> 10 grand. So here's the thing. 25, probably a minimum of most deals is 25,000 or $50,000. But I would probably get into some safer multifamily, maybe mobile home park syndications um, or multifamily where you're in an area that's safer than other areas. Meaning, do you really want to go into areas where people haven't moved to in COVID. Like there's areas that people are moving out of and moving into. Like Austin, Texas is booming right now, you know, and it's been booming forever. But I I think I think market makes a difference with that. And then I think you kind of goes to our point earlier, Ian, like do you just put all your eggs in one basket? Do you just have one business and double down and scale it like crazy? Or do you get involved with something that is a, a larger thing, multifamily or a group of single family or something like that? So I'd look at it, syndication. There's so many things to like be aware of when you're doing that. But if I had to put money in somewhere, it'd probably be type of apartments that are needed um, when the economy is not on fire. Gotcha, gotcha, nice. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. Or here's another thing. If you had more money, there's deals out there that are kind of real estate related like that. And we have them in the mastermind, but they have liquidity options to it. So you can put money in, let's call it 200,000 or $100,000 into a deal. And if you um, you're earning you're earning uh, money on your money there, but if you need to pull it out for whatever reason, maybe it's a two week notice, maybe it's a 30 day notice, you can pull your money out to, uh, let's say you put it in there two years from now, let's say real estate's really depressed, you wanna buy that Airbnb or that rental that you didn't have an opportunity right now, you can pull a large chunk of money out of that to go buy something else. So I like deals where you have some flexibility that there's not a large uh, lockup on their capital being in there. Nice, yeah, it's, flexibility is good, especially if it's your first capital, right? If there's money you got over there yep. that you're not worried about for 10 years, it's, it's fine to be locked up. Uh, but I, you know, yep. and it's coming back to marketing. I think this is a smart thing to do is think about some more of this passive investing that you're talking about. So you know your money's doing something, but you're not, because I, I see a lot of people like, oh, I'm gonna trade crypto. And I was talking on Matt Johnson's podcast about that. You know, I'm an, I'm an entrepreneur, but I'm gonna go trade crypto, I'm gonna trade this. I'm like, that takes a lot of your brain space up. And you're not thinking about your marketing, right? Well, 100%. Like, I got down the crypto rabbit hole. I had too much money in there for what I was comfortable with, and I knew it because I wasn't sleeping at night. I'd wake up thinking about it. I'd wake up in the morning thinking about it, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, I spent an hour this morning looking at charts and doing all this stuff, and I'm like, and I don't even know anywhere cl close to what I should know to be able to be doing this stuff, and I'm losing money other places because I'm not focused on the things that I know that I'm good at. So I 100% agree with that. Also, just investing in general. One of the things like with a mastermind like ours or other groups that might be similar, 
somebody else is doing a lot of the vetting and they help you out and it's educational and you know you can trust them. You always do your own due diligence, but there's something to be said of having somebody that you trust helping you look at different deals because it can that can just steal a lot of your time. So don't try to be an expert at everything, even within passive investing. Like get get around people that you can trust that have been there, done that, and and then or get around a, a group like ours. But um, trust is a huge thing. And one last bit of bit, bit there, know why they're getting into different deals. You know, someone would look at me like, oh, Eric got into this deal, so I wanna get into this deal now because it must be good. Well, sometimes I get into deals because there's other benefits. Maybe it's a, relation, a, a relationship uh, that I'm wanting to establish more. Maybe they have perks like certain conferences that they hold that are important to me and wouldn't be important to the average person. So, you know, just because you have smart people that you trust that are invested into different things, understand why they like that asset. Another reason somebody might want, might be really bullish on a certain investment, but it might be because they get a lot of tax breaks because they have a lot of money in their 401k that they're able to move over different ways. So my point in all that is understand why the really smart person that you know is investing into different things versus just saying it just must be a smart investment. That's great advice because it's, it's the why of the investing. And yeah, and, and there's all types of investing out there. I think this was fantastic. Um, Eric, so if someone wants to follow you, we've got, you've got the podcast, Franchise Secrets. Tell me about all the places that you are putting out content and we'll make sure to put links down below. Awesome. Yeah. Franchise Secrets is my podcast. I got a cool Facebook group. If you're in franchising, you can find on there. Tribe of Investors is my mastermind for investing. And then you can find most all of my stuff on scalablefranchise.com, Scalable Franchise, and that'll have most of my stuff on there. Awesome. Well, we'll put that all in the show notes. If you're on YouTube, it's obviously down below. Uh, Eric Van Horn, thank you so much for being on the Garlic Marketing Show. This has been a lot of fun. Ian, thanks again. Thanks, Tony, for making it happen. <laughs> and thank you all for taking Eric and I on your journey. It's been Ian Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. Video. You know it'll make you an authority. You know it will get you more leads, better leads that close faster and spend more with you. And video stories will help you be remembered and connect with those perfect clients. The problem is, where do you start? Storycruise.com is the place to go. It's like a film crew with an S. What's your strategy? Do you do it yourself? Do you hire a videographer? An agency? Do you need an editor? How do you know if they really know your business and how to make videos for business that work? The answer to all of this and more can be found at storycruise.com. It is the place to find the latest video marketing strategies, the best gear for your business, as well as videographers, editors, and agencies near you that are trained in video storytelling for business. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get special insider info for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show, including special access to several of my courses, including my case story course. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get a whole bunch of special offers just for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show. Whether you're looking for a videographer or to do it yourself, go to storycruise.com slash garlic 
to get started today. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook. 